It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. From tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday november 22nd and you'll see it in episode 495 as always i am your host jason here today joined by julio julio how's it going hey jason doing really well i'm doing okay <laughs> not a hundred percent right now but that's fair it's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, for those of you uh, that follow Twitter, I, I had surgery a couple of days ago, had my gallbladder removed. Um, I've I, Honestly, I've had pain for the last three months. It's been a pain. There's been situations where I couldn't sleep throughout the night. It was horrible, but it was fairly routine surgery. It turns out that you don't really need your gallbladder to function normally. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so it's it was laparoscopic surgery so recovery is about uh two weeks but i'm three days in so i'm definitely still a little uh old man walking type deal and i bet and uh resting a lot but uh we had to record the podcast and i'm like let's do it it's been a while i want to talk to the to the builders out there yeah, we had actually the recording scheduled for the day you ended up having the emergency surgery and you messaged me and said, I don't know if I'm going to feel up for recording tonight. And I feel like if I'd have said, no, it's the only day we have, you'd have been like, okay, let's do it. You'd have been like, it's Julio. Well, all groggy because, I mean, I've only had surgery once before, uh, knee surgery. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, I don't do drugs. So uh, <laughs> right, I right. – when I got out of it, it was definitely that whole situation of you're trying to focus and you can't focus trying to look at people. And right, right. I do remember distinctly what, that when I got out of it, I was kind of like overexcited, not excited, but just kind of scared. Like, what's going on? What's going on? And people were like, calm down, calm down. I was, right, okay. right, right. And I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend, but uh, hopefully it doesn't happen to a lot of us. And, um, but hey, it just had to happen, and I'm glad that it did. Yeah, I'm glad it went well. And uh, yeah, I've never actually had like genuine general anesthesia surgery ever. Um, I had I've had a colonoscopy, and so they like knock you out, but it's not like really knocking you out. They give you like you're basically like kind of out of it, and you sleep for like 20 minutes, and then you wake right back up. So I've never actually had like general anesthesia. I figure someday I'm going to be old and need some major surgery. It's going to be the first time I've ever actually had surgery. Yeah, it's it's uh, one, the first thing that comes to mind for me was, oh, I turned 30 this year. And of course, now I'm having all these problems. So things just go downhill from here health wise, I guess. <laughs> in your 30s. I'm in my 40s, man. Come on. It's OK. Yeah. Um, so well, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, we thought for this episode, since it has been a while since Julio came on, uh, which was because we had had him on for two episodes in a row. And then I was like, oh, I'll give Julio a break. And then time slips away. And I went to ask him and was like, oh, my gosh, it's been three months. So so we both have a lot of updates for things we've been working on. And I, I've thrown in updates here and there, uh, but we haven't done a real update episode. Where we've really talked about a lot of the things we're working on. I feel like I have been doing that because every week we have our weekly uh, meetups, which Julio has yeah. been to some of them. Uh, not this week. Fair enough. Um, so uh, the weekly meetups that we have have been fantastic. I, I really, 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 I know I keep pushing on these, but like my goal is we get so many people that we have to split into two groups. Um, so that would be fantastic. Uh, you know, and yeah, I, it has been, it has been great. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the people that have attended, they definitely feel including myself and I know you that, that having that accountability is just so important. Mm -hmm. uh, to just push through some of these projects and, and be motivated to work on new ones as well. Uh, and, and, yes. and also, you know, hearing other people's success stories and, and you know, failure stories as well is something that you can learn a lot from. Exactly, exactly. So some of the updates that I share um, and probably a couple that you share based on the fact that you were here a few weeks ago um, will be not always new to the people who attend those meetings. Uh, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to just talk about things that have been going on. Uh, then we're going to do a little something different for the pitch and uh, yeah. And that'll be the show today. So, so let's get started. Julio, I bet you have more updates than me because you have not been on in a while. So why don't you, uh, why don't you go first with something and then we'll just kind of bounce back and forth here. 
Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. So as you all might remember, last time I was in, it was uh, early August. And I had just been talking about the fact that I was going to go to the Gathering of Friends, which is Alan Moon's uh, convention, of uh, invite-only convention. And I, I had been invited to it. So this would have been my first one. And I went for four days and the convention is 10 days. So it's and a lot of people go for the 10 days. And I guess for me, it was a little last minute. So even though it was just four days, it was it was pretty fantastic. Um, I definitely had some high expectations. And even though there weren't as many people as there usually are because of COVID reasons, mm-hmm. um, it was great. It was great. They have this whole badge system that, you know, if you if this was your first time there, you would have a red badge and people were essentially re- being extra nice to you because you had a red badge. Nice. <laughs> nice. You're like, can I just wear this every year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I got there early on, on a Monday and, and I was there from Monday to Friday. I left Friday morning. And the first thing that I did, I just walked around and I walked by a table and there were three people. Uh, and, and, you know, I think one of them was a publisher, Scorpion Mask, Christian, I think it was, and Tom mm-hmm. Basil and yep. uh, Katia from Board Game Art Creations. She does this, these mosaic, um, awesome mosaic uh, uh, things. She did a Kickstarter for a calendar this year. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I Holy Festival of Colors was one of the uh, highlighted board games for that calendar for 2022. Um, so they they just say, hey, you're looking to play a game? And, and we did. And that was kind of the first thing. Oh, I just sat down with these three people and, and got to talk with them and, and played that game, I, which I won. I don't remember. It was Juicy Fruits, I, I think it's called. Um, it was an interesting game. It's essentially... Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely my type of game. It has this cool mechanism where you have this personal board and however far you move this piece is how many pieces of fruit you get. So it has these special puzzle uh, engine type deal and you're opening it up to more movement as you go. Um, and that was a lot of fun, but it was funny because Katya, uh, she recognized me because as the designer of Holy. So I had that little, oh, oh my goodness, somebody recognized me by my name. <laughs> So, so, uh, that was, that was really cool, but overall the convention, it was just, it really felt kind of like, um, uh, I would say like proto ATL, which, uh, it's a great convention that I always recommend It's, it's essentially like a designer only convention. In this case is, it's, you know, industry people convention. Mm-hmm. So you're playing a lot of games, you're play testing games and playing thing games that will come out, uh, soon. And, and so there was a lot of that, but essentially it was just, about, you know, meeting new people and having fun, which is what, you know, we don't get to do a lot because usually when right. we go to conventions, we just go, okay, let's, uh, we got a pitch here and uh play test here and stuff like that. So, so it was, it was fun. I, um, let's see, I got to play test, uh, one of Rob Davio's, uh, prototypes that he's been working on. That was cool. Uh, Elizabeth Gargrave also had a prototype that I play tested there, and and I got to play test maybe six or seven of my games throughout the four days, um, and and that was uh you know obviously the 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 feedback that you get there is is great of course a lot oh, of times oh I bet yeah so so it was it was pretty awesome of course <clears throat> uh, as you know uh, I've been uh, co designing with Eric on two games Eric Lang. Mm-hmm. And we, he was there and we got to do some co-designing, you know, and with each other, just being there with the game. And we got really far on, on one of them. And it's actually taken us, I guess, three months to, to, uh, after that, just getting back to it because it just hasn't worked out where the game is already there. We, we've have the prototype. It's just getting to play tested after the fact, but right, right. It just shows that for like, for example, when you do your design retreats, it's just you, you just you just expedite the process of designing with co-designers. Um, and of course, for me, being there for four days, it was kind of, well, I think it was useful, but I definitely wanted to do a little bit more. And Eric mm-hmm. was there for 10 days. So he was gladly, OK, I'll do two days of the convention. Right. This. Right. <laughs> um, right. But uh, the best things that I really enjoyed was the the. Uh, after hour stuff, going out to dinner. We went out to 
like a n- nice restaurant twice. We got, ate some steak and stuff like that. <laughs> I, at one point, I, I went with a big group of people, and I was sitting next to Eric and Mike Elliott, and <laughs> we were talking about uh, just just how we got into the industry and stuff like that. And as we were talking about that, I realized I got into the I got into board games because of Dice Masters. And I'm sitting next to Eric Lang and Mike Elliott, which are the co-designers of Dice Master. <laughs> yes. So that was uh, that was really funny, uh, but it really showed how you know uh, uh, fortunate and I am to to uh, I guess make make it as far as I have so far. Um, feels like a lot of things has been uh, luck and and determination on uh, on my part because um, it, it definitely feels like I've 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 made some cool friends and and connections along the way and uh it, it was definitely a good one and and the next one you know is usually once a year but it's usually in april so the next one is actually in april so it's going to be a little earlier than normal so hmm. i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that very cool very cool yeah no that's great that sounds like that was a good time and really really productive which you were there so i'm not surprised you made it productive because you generally <laughs> generally yeah. make things productive um so, uh, yeah, so I'll give an update on some things I've been working on. Uh, I've been, as everybody knows, I've been really, really focused on co-design work, um, which uh, on the positive side, uh, that I love co-designing. I have nothing negative to say about co-designing other than what I was going to say was it means that I don't talk about the games as much anymore on mm-hmm. on the show um, because, well, a couple of reasons. One, uh, I mean, just we have more episodes with guests and even with the co-hosts. Uh, while you're not you're not guests, you're co-hosts, you still are not on as much as I am. So you mm-hmm. tend to have a, a bit more updates to talk about and things. Uh, so I sometimes don't talk about those games. But then also there are times where I just feel weird talking about the games without the co-designers. And I, I kind of have to get over that because um, because I know none of the co-designers would care if I was talking about it as long as we're not. There's not some reason we can't, um, which there are certainly some of those. But uh but in general, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just been, it's been, uh, it's been something that I don't share as much. Uh, but the first game I wanted to give an update on was uh, Isaac Shalev and I um, signed off, uh, signed off, signed off on a game. Uh, we did. We signed off on a contract. We signed a game quite a while back uh, with Grand Gamers Guild. Um, that was uh, we were calling it Fairy Village at the time. It was basically a, a sequel to Unreal Estate. Um, that we knew was not going to be in the Unreal Estate universe, uh, likely. Uh, and it's IP. not. Yeah. What'd you say? Because of the IP. Yeah. Well, no, it's, but it's owned by Grand Gamers Guild, which means they oh, okay. have the IP. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just um, Unreal Estate was their first game. Uh, and I'm super thankful for that. But they've done a lot since then. Um, so, like, I, I don't even feel like it's worth doing, like, that game as, like, a central IP game, right? Like, um, you know, they've sold a lot more games with a lot more copies. Uh, so it's going to be a completely original new IP, um, that we're doing with it. And, uh, we, uh, talked to Mark and hired a developer, uh, who at some point I will have on the show to talk about that. It's a, it's a well-known developer. They are doing some really cool work with it. Um, and so, yeah, so we've just gotten back our first like updates, the big updates from the developer that has the whole new theme and the new IP on it. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's not like a, like a IP like that Mark went out and got, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, um, it's like a historical slash fictional IP, uh, that's open. Um, and so, so I'm super, super excited about where I think the game is going to go. Um, and I can't wait to start playtesting it. Uh, I've got some questions about this update we got, and then I need to print myself a copy and start playtesting it. Um, and it's, it's, so it's funny. It's the first time I've ever worked with a developer or a publisher to where like, I wasn't like right there developing it right okay. alongside. Right. You know, having worked with a lot of smaller publishers, um, that's typically been it, right? Like, I mean, you were there working on it the whole time. Um, and so, so it's been weird to like send the game off and then get the game back with a bunch of changes. But like on that, I guess what I expected was it was like, I expected slash feared was you get it back and you're like, this isn't my game, right? Like, this is, what is this? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh no, this appears to be Isaac and I's game, but 
I think better. <laughs> like, so that's oh, you good, go. you know, which yeah. is what you want from a developer, right? Is of to course. be getting the game back and feeling like it, uh, it's a better version of it, you know, and that, that developer, we, we talked about that before that, you know, being a designer and being a developer, well, you can be both. They are two very different disciplines and very different skill sets. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and some people excel at both. Some people excel at one. Um, and you know, the other comes as more of a struggle. I certainly enjoy being a designer more than a developer, um, just because of the way my brain works. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And I know you're the same way. You're like, let's, no, let's yeah, for sure. Up, knock for sure. Down. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, I've definitely at this point, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of both. Um, and and I guess a lot of the designs that I've signed so far has been with uh, fairly bigger publishers. So I'm on the other end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. where I I give the game and then I don't hear from them until the game's out. Right, um, right. And so far, the games have stayed fairly to the original design. So I, there hasn't been any problems with that, you know, with some exceptions of games that will not come out. But uh, let's not talk about that now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so that that is the big update for that. I'm, um, you know, I'm hoping to get some playtesting and I just have to get some rules clarifications. The, the developer is going to walk us through it to make sure we're all on the same, you know, the page and we understand. Uh, but I'm stoked about it, and I think it's going to be exciting. And uh, I don't know when it will come out. Uh, it's going to be a while. I know that. And I'm sure it'll mm-hmm. go to Kickstarter. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I'm excited, especially, you know, seeing what uh, Grand Gamers Guild is continually doing with new Kickstarters and, and just really making some awesome stuff and and doing very well with that awesome stuff. So uh, so the cool thing is waiting is never bad, right? <laughs> it's like the company yeah. just keeps growing and publishing better stuff. So uh, I don't mind waiting in line for that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, on, on that same uh, line of, of thinking and, and doing, I guess <clears throat> I did also share that I had been hired by a company to design a game that they, they wanted, uh, you know, they had a, a general idea for. Mm-hmm. And after working with them for about uh, a month, they really enjoyed my work ethic and the things I did. And they hired me for a second project of something of a second company that they own. Um, and, you know, this it has been three months since, since then. So a lot of things have transpired in this. So right. I'm going to, that was an up right there. You know, I've been hired to, to design two games and, and develop. This is a company that don't really, they're not publishers. So um, they basically, I'm, I'm the expert when it comes to mm-hmm. right, anything right. game design to and even, too, to be the person who's got to do that's like, you're almost a solo publisher at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones that are paying for everything. So even as the publisher, you know, I was stating, Hey, I'm definitely up for the design and some of the development, but there's more to it than that. And publishing is, is it's its own monster here. And, and everything was going fairly well. One of the projects, the second project got along a, a little faster and it was a, a smaller project. And we got to a point, so they were basically paying me on a biweekly basis uh, based on the work that I was doing. And we set mm-hmm. up some, you know, handshake deal type deal. Uh, and it was going well. And when I got to the point where one of the projects, uh, okay, I think we, we can definitely start like doing a signing a contract mm-hmm. to see what the terms were going to be once the, this would come to life and things kind of spiraled downwards from there. The, and, and things kind of, uh, essentially we, we had to stop. I had to stop working on both projects. Uh, but we, after two months or so, we got back into communication and essentially agreed on some terms, signed a contract for, Oh, for good. The, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last I, I heard was that it was a no go <laughs> when we yeah, and I had talked. So, Yes, yes. So it, again, ups and downs, ups and downs. Um, <laughs> so it, it essentially we're we're back on track. We got a contract signed, and for the that, and this is for the project that I you know I was almost done on, and they were still expressing interest on the other one. But I essentially said, let's just focus on this one, and then based on what we learned on this one, we can decide if we want to continue with the second one. And they completely agree with that. Uh, and I think it's just a smart thing to do, especially after this experience. It wasn't necessarily the worst experience that I've had, but it wasn't the best either. Um, right, right. And even after signing the contract, I think we're definitely at a state where 
uh, we're very professional and, and things are that, that whole relationship is just uh, mending uh, at this point, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think it, it will go well. Um, and, and it's, it, I think, I think it'll, it, it will, it will, but it was, it was, uh, it was an up and down for me there. Uh, but I'm I back bet. to work on it. So, uh, and it's a project that I'm really excited about. It, it came together fairly quickly and, and it's a really good one. So that's one, one thing that happened there. Um, on another one, uh, as you all know, uh, before on, in August, my game Borinquen, uh, which is yes. my, uh, Puerto Rico, historical Puerto Rico game had been a uh, semi-finalist on, on the Zenobia award. Uh, and, and that was the last thing I spoke about it. Uh, and since then they announced the finalists and the winners and my game didn't make it through the, the top 10 finalists. Uh, but then again, the Zenobia award is objective was to kind of, uh, open open up all these designs to many publishers and people out there that may be interested. Mm-hmm. So I got contacted by a publisher uh, that they wanted to look at the game and and we set up a meeting and we we went through how the game worked and and they they got the gist of it. They had the rules beforehand and stuff like that. And they essentially wanted to sign it. Um, That's great. That and, is great. And, and they're a very well-known historical publisher, um, so I know that. Uh, and of course, their the development is going to be one of those like kind of what you're talking about, where I'm involved and they have their own developer. So I'm excited to be working on this one, especially it's definitely a close one to my heart. When they said they wanted to sign it, I felt like it was the first time that I signed the game. Um, you know, that excitement of, I may be, this may become something real and mm-hmm. something that can contribute to, you know, my culture in a sense. And, and, and I'm super excited about it. So that, that was one thing that I didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen. Obviously with historical games, that's a small niche, but I, I, I do think that the, the game is, is a good one and it's, it, it can be great. Uh, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, so hopefully you'll we'll hear more about that in the future. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and I mean to be able to find a home for that is obviously it's so meaningful for you, but it's also great because it it gets that it get it, think of how many people will learn from that, you know. So yeah. that's I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So um, do you want to go or I, I I can keep on going on this line of... of... <laughs> uh, so I'll pop in with uh, one. So talking about getting games signed and stuff. So uh, so Banana Chan and I have been working on a game that I've talked about on and off for quite a while called No Context. Um, yeah. And when I say we've been working on a game, we haven't really been working on it. It's been done for a long time now. Uh, we were very, very close to signing with a publisher uh, at one point. Um, and then decided not to. So we stepped away from that, didn't sign it. Um, and then after that, it has been shopped around to some, some larger publishers, um, some big name stuff, um, that I can't say, but like, they've looked at it, they've enjoyed it, but felt like it wasn't a fit for them. Um, and then as Eric mentioned on the episode, he was on his, the can was working for exploding kittens. They had, they had looked at it and really enjoyed it. Um, and now I believe uh, we're at that point where we've gotten a uh, we've gotten a this is going to move forward with a company. Um, so we're stoked about that. Um, nice. Nothing is signed. Who knows? Right. Um, but uh, it appears that uh, we should be hopefully getting something in writing here in the near future. Uh, it's a company that we're super excited to work with, both of us. Um and uh, yeah, and I won't say what company that is uh, because I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it, <laughs> and you know I don't know. I have a feeling they wouldn't care, uh, but um, yeah, I'm not going to say it. And uh, but I think well, it's a really good opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then uh, along that same line with Banana, we're also still shopping around Life of the Party. Um, we've got uh, a couple of big pitches for that coming up. Uh, one next week, and then hopefully another one soon after that um to see if we can if we can sell that one off and that's one that we would love to to sell off to a more of a mass market company um so we'll see what happens the first pitch is with a mass market the second pitch would be with a semi mass market so um so we'll see what happens uh with that awesome awesome well congrats man 
That's great. Yeah, pre-congrats, but yes, let's let's hope, right? <laughs> I, I really I don't see yeah. why it's not going to work out at this point. Uh, but you know, who knows? Our experience right? has shown. <laughs> we'll that tell us otherwise. Can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, things can change in a flash for sure. Well, I I also signed uh, another game, uh, or my game Freehand, which I talked about. I may have actually pitched it on the last time I was on. Yes. You did, I think, or, or the time before that. But yes, recently you pitched it. Absolutely. Yeah, so so I did sign that game. So uh, I'm excited to see uh, what happens with uh, with that one. It's definitely, a, a, it's, I guess it may be my first signed party-ish game. Um, That's awesome. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But obviously I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, on, on, the, on the string of, uh, I guess, designing, I designed my first toy uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I had this wish list from one of these mass market publishers, and it was like an eighty page document. Um, so <laughs> wow. because of course they have toys and games and and uh, dolls and so many IPs that they want to look thing you know look at things for for those IPs but the first one the first page had a specific IP that is obviously very popular and i i had an idea for it and uh i did a thing obviously this is all nda stuff and and right. it was a fun thing so i i set up a meeting and I actually had that meeting earlier today uh-huh. um and essentially what happened was i met with one of their toy people and uh-huh. this person is, I guess, it's not. It's it's more like an action toy. What I brought forward, he's not mm-hmm. that the action, the action toys person, but uh, they gave me some feedback, and essentially what they said was that the the game had the fun factor on it, but it wasn't innovative enough, and that okay. you know that obviously hurt. Uh, it is kind of my first toy and all that. But they essentially didn't reject it. They said if you can rework and figure out how to how to make it work this way, then bring it back to us and and we'll take a look at it. Um, so obviously this that's something I've been thinking about the last couple of hours. Just kind of how can I do this? And because with toys, it's just so much stuff has been done and and being innovative in, in toys again. Obviously, you could say the same thing about board games, and I've been. Plenty innovative on board games, so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not really that there's no space for innovation. It's just having the mind for it. So I'm definitely trying to expand my my frontiers here and and see how I do it. So it's obviously a, a it's more of an engineering uh, right, right, right. Problem. Helps to have that background, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Um, but still, it is something that I'll I'll be racking my brain around and see how that goes. So. Hopefully we'll 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 see what happens with that, but it was something really fun to work around, especially because with toys, uh, it's basically constructing something, and once it works, it works. There's not a lot of play testing, of course. Once you play it, and it's like I think it it, it is the intended result and goal and fun factor, so it is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a little faster, but obviously that just means that if if they reject it, that's it. I mean, right, right. Yeah. You but, can't really shop that to non-toy publishers. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of them, but of course this one is linked to a specific IP as well. And this is something that we right. talked about in the past. Um, right. So we'll, we'll see. I'll definitely have some ideas on how to change it to their feedback. But for me, it's just, how do I make that? Um, right. It's not like, you know, 3D printing a component and that's it. This is more like a mechanical thing. Right. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. But it's obviously something really exciting. And I think it also like we've talked in the past, when you have a game design that's on the shelf or you're uh, iterating on a design that you're trying to find a solution for a certain problem. This can also help on my design side of board games because I'm thinking on a different spectrum in a sense. So. Right. Right. So, yeah, I think I think it'll be good uh, ultimately on that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so a different update I can give. Um, we've been focusing on myself when I say we, I mean, Kelly Neal and I have been working a little bit on a kid's game. Um, 
that is uh, so one of the publishers that we're signed up with, and you you would have probably gotten this email as well. Um, a while back, had asked for some specific types of kids games not necessarily tied to IPs. And then they actually just sent another message that said, hey, we want kids games tied to these specific IPs. So we've been working through some of that stuff. Um, and it's really been interesting because like this this game uh, that we're working on right now involves like dice stacking um, in an interesting way. Um, and uh, And it's funny because like when I got the game like, the first iteration done and showed it back to Neil and Kelly. Neil was like, you know, like, I feel like this, like, this is a good start. Like we should try it some more. Uh, We should add this in, or, you know, we should think about what to add next. And I was like, do we need to like, or is this, is this it? Like, is this the game, right? It's a, it's a kid's game. It's supposed to be like ultra simple, ultra playable. And that really got me thinking about that. And then I was recently, um, talking uh with uh with someone who publishes or has published a kid's game i won't mention them just in case like they don't want me to talk about it but i was talking to them about something else um unrelated but they uh were we were chatting and and they had said that somebody had given them like a a funky review on one of their games and said like oh this game is too simple and they're like it's a kid's game it's literally a kid's game like you're reviewing this as an adult game it's it's a it's a kid's game right And like, so we were kind of going back and forth about that. And it really had me thinking about like, for those super small accessible games for kids, like you really, really have to um, think about how you approach that and the complexity and the ease of introduction to it, you know? Um, And it's not unlike mass market in itself from what, what I've learned uh, in my time pitching stuff and, you know, going back and forth with them and, and having signed something and then having lost it and like what what i found is that like with mass market it seems like it's easy to design for like looking from the outside you're like oh i played this mass market game like i could design that that's easy but like in the hobby game market we are things that we would can never consider fiddly or like a little too complex we'd be like no this is this is normal yeah are so for mass market and that has Mm -hmm. been a really big eye-opener um, you know, to the, the a game I'll talk about in an update in a bit that Kelly and I have been working on uh, to pitch to a mass market company. Um, it really like we have to stop and ask ourselves constantly, like, is this is this too much? Like, what's the what's the cognitive load on this? Right. Um, and I understand like that uh, within mass market, there is hobby mass market. Right. Like we've seen like the rise of that, I feel like. And I think that you see that with a lot of companies like, um, you know, the Funko people who were the Prospero Hall people, like they really specialized in that, like, like um, hobby mass market to where it's like a yeah. little more complex, but it's still compared to the stuff we're used to. It plays like a, you know, a very sim- a simpler game. Right. And I mean that yeah, not as a bad thing. It- and it is a fairly new uh, range of games that's come out in the last couple of years. It's definitely not uh, not an old one for sure. We're, we're, and we've talked about this in the past is we've got an in-between mass market and hobby that's popping up. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. more of a transition. Doesn't mean that hobby's going to disappear. Mass market's going to disappear. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think sure. the, the marrying of those two things just is fantastic actually for the hobby game market because when you take players who are used to mass market games and you show them like a full on like hobby game or a Euro, they're like, Whoa, no, 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 I can't do that. But when you show them one of these in between games and they get that now, if they try and dive into something heavier, it might make more sense to them because they've been slowly brought into that. And I think that's, that's really good. Um, But so, yeah, so I'm excited to try some of the kids game stuff. It's really fun to kind of throw wacky ideas at the wall and see what sticks and then come back and say, okay, how, what can I do with this? How can I pitch this? Is this doable? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I super, uh, I super enjoy uh, working on that and and it may never go anywhere, but, but I'm having fun with it. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad I get to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and I feel, I feel the, the same way um, in the last a couple of months, I, I would say this whole year has definitely helped me expand on, on, 
you know what my games can be and and in what directions I can take them and who I can show them to. Um, so even like uh, when I was pitching this toy, it was essentially during the the Chicago Toy Fair that was this week. And that's something I did, I, I guess I, I I knew about it, but I didn't put two and two together. And I after the fact, I was like, man. I should have like reached out more uh, because I have so many designs that, and there's so many companies that I usually don't, I don't even know about. Uh, and I, it would have been a good opportunity to do it. Of course, looking back on it now, I, I had my, uh, <laughs> I had uh, my uh, surgery, so it wouldn't have been a good thing to have so many meetings set up and then having to cancel all of them. So everything worked out for the best, but. From now on, I'm definitely going to be considering like New York Toy Fair and Chicago Toy Fair as mm-hmm. as as mediums for me to show whatever I'm working on as well, because they are looking for those mid uh, mass hobby games that I can definitely a lot of my games check those boxes. Um, so and of course, with COVID's opening up the possibility of you pitching these things remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it makes it a, a little easier for us. Of course, I think you also, it doesn't mean that it's easier and you don't have to do anything else because a lot of the times, like you have to do videos for all these concepts and, and that obviously takes a little more time, but that does mean that you're not traveling there and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a take that, or I guess, uh, not, not a take that, um, it's a, it's a, like you're, you're losing something or, or, but gaining something back. So, mm-hmm. um, so it, it works out. It works out. Um, on, on that sense, there was another game that I pitched, uh, one of the times I was on, um, I had my game climbing for coconuts that got second place in the Korea board game design contest mm-hmm. yep. in 2019. And I talked about reworking the game into, into something uh, a little more different. And I talked about bouncy acorns and I got the time, you know, after I, uh, that first falling out of the projects that I was working on, I had this so much time on my hands that it hadn't happened in a while because obviously I was working for them essentially like 20 hours a week. uh, And, and then I'm was zero hours a week. So I was like, well, I'm right. I'm I got free time. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to start working on all these games that I've been having all these ideas on the side and now I have the time. So I I designed this whole tree structure, 3D printed it and uh, bought the bouncy balls and cut them. I even uh bought these flexible um filament for my 3d printer so it turns out you can buy these things that if you print it they actually are very flexible they're not as hard as pla or pt petg and stuff like interesting. that interesting interesting um so it is a cool material that exists and i was able to fi- find it and i designed an acorn that would actually bounced as intended when i designed it the only problem was it didn't have the weight that a normal rubber ball would have so while it did work, it still didn't have uh, the capacity of, of what I wanted it to. So I ended up using just the bouncy balls. So what I, what I did with the bouncy balls is that I cut, I basically made, made it like a die, you know, like a cube. But one of the sides is one of the rounded uh, edges. So you essentially, it doesn't look much like an acorn, but you can bounce it on that rounded side. And then all the other sides, it's just awkward when it bounces, right? Right, right, right. So, so it's, it's a really cool component that, you know, essentially you're bouncing from the table into the box where the tree is, there's holes there and you're climbing with your squirrels up the tree and you can knock down the trees with the acorns that you're bouncing. And it's, man, it it, it works better than the original one because the original one had the catapults. So it was more component heavy. Uh, so it's definitely one that I'm it, at this point, it's, it's ready. It's ready to pitch because obviously I pitched it as an earlier version and it worked. I just had to remove right. the IP and, and make it a little different because the catapults, I think at this point are a little overused if I'm being honest. Um, so making these bouncy components that are awkward, but still work, uh, it was, it was great. And, and, it's a it's a bouncy acorns. It's one that I'll hopefully be 
be showing soon. So uh, I, I know I, I posted a video on, I did like a quick video. That's another thing. Talking about videos earlier, um, that that kind of uh, making a video for, for an overview of your game, it has just gotten easier and easier lately. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, it took me 10 minutes to do an, an overview video for this. It took me like two takes. And then I uploaded straight to YouTube. I didn't have to do any any um, editing. Of course, you can make things fancy and stuff like that, but sometimes that's not what's required. You know, you want right, right. to get your information across, and and you don't want to make it too long either. Uh, you know, I, I, at this point, for my games at least, obviously, if it's a heavier game and stuff like that, you can't do it this way. But like for my games, I try to make it in less than a minute, and and that's it. So in ten minutes, I was able to do that. And it, it helps uh, get that point across, especially when you're pitching to a lot of people. It, it, it definitely does well for that. For sure. Yeah, no, I um, I I would much rather make a video than a sell sheet any day. <laughs> I hate making sell sheets so much. Speaking Those of sell sheets. not too hard either. I know, but speaking of sell sheets, I have to make a sell sheet um, for this <laughs> next game I'm going to talk about. So. Um, Kelly and I have been working on a game, um, that I've talked about in the weekly meetups a bit, um, as much as I can. So it's, we're not, it's weird. Like we're not under NDA for this game. It's a game that we did an NDA pitch for a game. They liked some of it, but rejected it ultimately to go in a different direction. And, um, and, but they, they suggested that we bring it back to them at some point when, when it was a better fit, uh, and maybe a little more simplified. Uh, speaking of that simplification. And so we, uh, Kelly had an amazing IP idea for it. Um, and so we've just been plugging away at it and it's a, it's a pickup and deliver racing game to keep it like super bland and simple. I think, um, Julio, you know what it is. That's a, that's a fair assessment of it. Yeah, sure. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, so we have been really plugging away at that and, um, and first of all, huge props to Kelly, uh, because he has had some amazing ideas with it. Like, he has been like, like he has saved the day on that game like a, a hundred times now to where we're like kind of stuck. And Kelly's like, what if we adjusted the board to be this shape? And, um, you know, in this uh, in this um, pick up a deliver game, there's two basically two modes at which you can travel around the board to get to your next pickup location. Um, and the balance of getting people to want to do both uh, but really wanting to do one of the travel ways more. And we kept having the issue of like, that wasn't attractive enough. Um, and finally Kelly was like, what if we reshape the board in this way? Um, and it actually made it that most of the time when somebody is actually made it all the time. Now that I think about it, cause we simplified a rule, um, with moving, um, that means that like every time you are basically moving in both ways to get to, to get to the next pickup place. Um, and it's amazing. Like it feels, it feels like the IP. It just, it, it really, really feels good. And, um, so we're hopeful. We're really hopeful that when we show this to, um, to the company that they are interested, if they're not, I think we would probably pivot and show some other companies that likely have the same IP. It's a larger IP. So Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident that other companies would have, um, access to that same IP. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's kind of an IP within an IP. It's like a specific <laughs> specific <laughs> thing from an IP. But I, I think we could, you know, I think there are some different options. Um, in worst case, we'll retheme it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I hope we don't have to do that though because it it it's very elegantly tied to the IP. Um, and it's it's one of the games I'm most excited to be working on right now because it's just. Um, it just works really well and it's fun to play. Right. Um, you know, we've been trying to orchestrate to get a, uh, we're stripping all the IP stuff out and then Kelly's going to run a, a three or four person play test. And then we're going to try and do another one of those together. It's mostly just been him and I playing, but, but, you know, we've been very honest in our play style. Like, like we want people to travel this way, not that way as much. And like, I kept consistently doing it the way we didn't want to. Because I was like, it's, I'm still winning. <laughs> like That's the problem. Like I'm going to make the optimal choices. And if I win doing that, um, and those optimal choices are not the choices we want the players to make, then we have a problem. Uh, and now we've gotten to where you can't make those choices anymore. Um, you have to make these other decisions. Um, 
yeah, so I, I'm really I'm really excited about how some of the systems in the game work. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm stoked about that. Um, cool. Yeah, well, uh, I know that for the builders out there, it's a little <laughs> harder to understand where we're coming from right, here. And right. I know it has been happening a little more lately, so bear with us. Uh, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to share more about all that stuff in the future. But yeah, definitely, I agree with you, Jason, and and uh there if if you say if the game runs as you say it does then it it will definitely find a home i sure i sure hope so i mean i my biggest hope out of it is that you know or reason that i have hope i guess is because you know kelly is also designing it and playing it and kelly is consistently like whoa this is this is really fun like and we're having those moments where you just feel clever and you feel like oh like or those like oh no there's one turn left like who's going to win? Like, I don't know, you know, and then like, you're able to pull off some awesome move or other times you're not able to pull off the awesome move <laughs> and you're like, Oh <laughs> crap. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So I, it's the game I'm by far the most excited about right now for that. I'm working on, um, just because it's, it's such an interesting exercise. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, the last thing I would like to talk about is uh, PAX Unplugged. Um, yeah. That that would be the last convention of the year. is held in Philadelphia uh, on it's the weekend of December 12th. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be going to PAX Unplugged. Uh, so far, that's the plan. I think I'll be, my recovery will be well on my, on my way to by then. Um, so if any of the builders out there are going to go, uh, reach out. I know that, you know, in the discord, a lot of, uh, some people have already shared that they'll be going. So hopefully all oh, but I know, uh, I think, uh, Jamie will be there, uh, Roscoe, uh, uh, Brian yeah. as well. Uh, so it, we, we gotta do something. I know I'll, I'll be at the PAX Unplugged, uh, room on the Friday, the second, uh, I guess it. Uh, the the second block so it's from two to six p.m so if anybody wants to uh come on by uh if you're not already there and maybe we can go for lunch or dinner or something uh so that's something i obviously excited about uh i guess i didn't i went to the gathering only this year but this is the first convention that i'll be going since this whole pandemic thing started Hopefully mm -hmm. it'll set it up for success for future conventions next year. Yeah, I will 100% be at PAX Unplugged next year. Um, this the last year was my plan and then that didn't happen. Uh, and then this year I had said I would, but things just haven't got to quite where I want them to be. Uh, I'll hopefully get my booster pretty quick here. Yeah. Um, my kids have got their first COVID shot. I'm uh, just waiting for the second one. Um, and then, yeah, and then I will be. Uh, absolutely more willing to travel and do stuff. And I can't wait. You did not start that, that uh, sentence, right? You were like, I will absolutely hundred percent be there next year. <laughs> <laughs> so I got excited there for a moment. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I, I would love to be able to be there, but, but I will not. So, um, yeah, if it was closer, like if it was, if I lived in driving distance to where I could drive, like, and then just go back home, like if it was Grand Con distance or something, like an hour or two, I would 100% go because um, I would feel comfortable going and coming back. But I either got to fly or drive for a very long time. And I just, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. So next year. Okay. No, um, no worries. No worries. But that's, uh, I guess, a lot of the things that have been going on. Um, awesome. I've got one more thing and then I'm also done. Uh, awesome. And then we'll do our little pitch thing here, which won't take that long. Um, so I, um, the last game I've been, I've, so I've been working on other games. I'm working on the map game, uh, with Kelly and Neil. Uh, and I just haven't talked about that cause that's one that I've actually talked about extensively on the show. Um, but the other one is, is if you find this that I've been working on with Hannah Schaefer, um, and that is the little role-playing game. It's like, uh, it's like 18 type 18 to 20 cards. It's in a little hook box. We're going to print it ourselves. Um, and we're super stoked about it. We've been doing so much work on this. And for, I'll tell you what, you want to design a role-playing game with 18 cards. Um, that's a lot of work. Like it's hard. Like yeah, you're like, right. you know, yeah. um, you know, and so we've been going back and forth. We've done some play tests. 
Uh, the first play test went really well. The second play test went spectacularly off the rails um, <laughs> because we we committed the sin of for of stripping too much information out and looking at it and saying, oh, this is completely self-explanatory forgetting because we know a ton about the game and the playtesters didn't, it was completely not self-explanatory. Um, and it was really confusing, but after walking the, the playtesters through, first of all, it was a great humbling experience. One of those reminders of like, mm, yeah, we, we did that. Like, this is like, I feel like amateur hour here, but you know, <laughs> like we, we figured it out and the, the, the feedback was amazing. Um, and we walked the players through what the game was supposed to be. And they had some fantastic thoughts on how to achieve that from their perspective. Um, and that's been really, really helpful. So we are once again, diving back in with it. Um, this game has, has, has been a huge journey. Um, and I, I am just loving that journey. Um, and, and the reason that we're so like concerned about getting this right on the first try, right? Like getting something out there that gets attention, it gets people excited is, this will be hopefully an anthology series of small 18 card uh, role-playing games um, that'll all be called. If you find this volume, whatever, and each one will have a different setting and a different story. Um, so, you know, and that's the plan is to release those um, every so often via Kickstarter um, and uh, try and create an audience that we can grow as we do that. And we're, so we're just, we're just really, really excited about it. And we really want to take the time to get it right and to get it out there. And and we're the ones developing it and designing it. So, um, so you know, it's not like a board game where you can take it and hand it to the publisher and say, hey, you like this, but make it better. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's your job to make um, it better. Yeah. So we are going to hire some consultants to help with that. Some, some you know, ace in the hole uh, RPGers that are really good that we can hire for a few hours here and there to help us out. Uh, checking on things um, because we want to make sure that it's it's perfect. So that is the last thing I have to update. Well, I, I lied. Um, I saw you write something down. I was like, oh, no, he thought of something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, one quick thing, and I think this is a, this can be beneficial to a, a lot of people. You know, I, I always like my tools and, and always look for tools that can hopefully uh, help me design better or, or, or at least faster. Um, and there's this cool tool that's currently on Kickstarter. Um, I know laser cutters is, is the kind of tool that people always look for. And, you know, Glowforge is one that's always out there and it is, mm -hmm. it is, uh, but it's a really expensive tool. I mean, at Glowforge, I guess the basic version is like $3,500 and the pro version is like 5,000 or something. So it's never really been in the cards, uh, for me because while maybe I can, you know, put the money forward and, and, but I may not get the benefit for the things that I do, but there's this one currently on Kickstarter is called the X tool M one. It is essentially a small, uh, laser cutter. So, uh, Glowforge is a 40 watt laser, a 40 or 50 watt laser. Uh, mm -hmm. and this is, uh, they have a five watt and a, and a 10 watt version. The five watt version is six hundred and fifty dollars, and the ten watt version is a thousand dollars, and it includes some materials and and rotary attachments and stuff. But it's not only a laser cutter; it's also an engraver, and it has a blade cutting function. So you can also use it for it has blades to cut cardboard and paper as well as well as a laser. Um, so obviously, this kind of tool is really kind of excited me because i mean a thousand dollars is something that i can definitely afford and i think i can get it back uh and and if if, if it's something that interests you just check it out is the uh x tool m1 uh laser cutter on kickstarter and it is crushing it out there it is crushing it i'm gonna set a reminder on this bad boy here but uh that's that's a lot of money, especially after I bought a very expensive um, 3D printer, which I'm using to much effect. But um, yeah. I uh, yeah, this is this is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And, like and uh, even the form factor is is fairly small. It's like a, and it's, it's really like a, pretty, well, too. <laughs> it's like really well made looking. Yeah, they've been really, um, uh, you know, communicative with the audience. They've done like Facebook videos People have been asking a lot of stuff and they've been doing tests on a lot of things that people have been asking. Obviously, with it being a, 
uh, low power laser cutter. It has limitations when it comes to uh, uh, acrylics and stuff like that. But of course, for us, um, I think we can definitely find some good use to it. Um, so I, I'm going to get one. And it, it, like I said, the size is like a double size printer, you know, kind of printer size. So I'll double that, but like a Glowforge is like four times that they're huge. Um, so I, I think it's something that I'll, I'll, I'll be talking more about in the future. I think their, their Kickstarter is probably like 1.8 million at this point. And there is, yeah. Uh, and their delivery dates are spring next year. So we'll see. Very cool. Very cool. Well, so is it a, is it a, that's not a deal to get like two of them. I was like, yeah, we should go in is. on two. Is it there a deal is. to get two of them? Yeah, you can. You, I think it's two, like the 10 watt ver- versions. You can get two for 1800, which is usually one for a thousand. So, uh, let's, uh, so builders, if we can get five of these, these suckers, we could <laughs> save 400 and, uh, we can save, uh, almost a hundred bucks. So let's do that. Let's per. do that. Well, it's 45. Yeah. A hundred per is what I mean. Yeah. We could each save a yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the and it says is, is the shipping afterwards, right? Because one person's going to get all five. <laughs> well, I mean, there is that, but we'll find somebody who's got some time. They can just drive around and deliver them to uh. all of us. So. <laughs> yeah, no, this is really nice, and like I, um, like you could actually make in mass pieces for this. Like you're talking about self publishing, like you would be able to put out a sheet and like you know what I mean. Unlike a 3D printer where it's going to take forever. I think you'd be able to actually make, you know, more things with this that you could use. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is and nice. And of course, like if you have some extra time, you can get like a, your own Etsy shop and start selling stuff on it. Right, right. And then it'll start paying for itself easily. Right, right. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, hey, uh, before we go here, um, we were going to um, just uh, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, uh, we were going to do something a little cheesy for the pitch. And we were just going to just talk about a couple things that over the last year we've been pretty thankful for around, especially de- our design and our game design community and things. And so um, would you like to go first with that? Yeah, I'm going to break the rule first. So the first thing that I'm very thankful for is, <laughs> you know, having, you know, having a, a healthy baby boy son. He's mm-hmm. not much of a baby anymore. He's going to be 11 months soon. He's crawling and and walking shimmying places he's he's like a 27 pound child um so he's a he's a he's a has been a huge blessing um and i'm happy that that's been the highlight of my year that's awesome that's awesome um i have kids too they're all right i'm thankful for them (laughs) most days (laughs) i'm kidding but they're older so yeah um, I, I just want to point out here that, you know, one of the things like I've just been so excited and thankful for the um, the co-design stuff that I've been able to do and the friends that I've been able to be closer to in this time of not being able to be with friends. Um, you know, I, I've been des- co-designing with some great people and, you know, even getting to go on the design retreat with uh, with Kelly and with um, Neil, like that's been really exciting. Um, and even looking towards next year of doing that again, but also like you know, Hannah and I talking about like working on our Kickstarter stuff in our video for, um, for if you find this and like actually being like, we could meet somewhere and like get together for a weekend and record this stuff like together, like, Oh my gosh, together. How weird is that? Um, so that's really exciting to be able to look forward to that stuff. And I, I've just been, yeah, I've just been really thankful for, for all those relationships in the last year and a half that have really helped me mentally to just get through all this crap, you know? Yeah, yeah, that that I, I I agree with that, and and for me it has been one thing that I'm thankful for is is that I have been able to take advantage of the situation, right? Because obviously it's a hard situation to to be on, and and a lot of things that we can't account for. And for the, my design, I think I, I it has definitely gotten better because of it. If it weren't because I I was stuck at home for for almost two years at this point. I wouldn't have been able to learn a lot of the tools that I know now, a lot of the programs that I don't know now, and and basically uh, met a lot of the people that I do know now. Um, so it, it has been 
uh, as productive as, as all the previous years, if not more, mm-hmm. uh, which which I am very thankful for. Um, and while I, I so far designing games has not been on the forefront of something that I would like to do full time, it is something that it, it has been worth it. Um, and I'm That's excited awesome. to to keep doing it. That's awesome. All right, builders. Well, uh, thank you. One, one last thing. Oh, wait. Wait, uh, Julio's uh, uh, got more, but wait, there's more for you from Julio. What's up? Yes, last thing to be think, uh, thankful about, and another personal thing, is that, um, you know, uh, it looks like I'll be going for baby number two next year, so. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, so, congrats. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, it, it's the kind of thing that we're like, well, we definitely want – kids to be uh, closer to each other and and mm-hmm, i guess mm-hmm. it, it should happen hopefully you know everything uh, uh goes well with the pregnancy uh but we're excited obviously it's another thing that you know we're gonna have a toddler and a baby so time will take I've been a there. <laughs> design time so i'll i'll definitely reach out to you and and for tips and tricks on that <laughs> yes yes happy to help awesome well congratulations and uh thank and- you for real this time, if you want to get in touch with us builders, <laughs> you can reach out to buildingthegamepodcast.com. Uh, join our Discord channel there. Uh, come to our weekly meetups. Uh, you can email us, buildingthegamepodcast.gmail.com. You can call us at uh, 770-HOTEL-BTG. Uh, you can also, uh, of course, find us on the Twitter at PodcastBTG, at J.A. Slingerland, at Hu Nasaru. Uh, and uh, yes, do that. Find us and do all those things. And until next time, good night. Buenas noches. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 BTG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>